fourth and inches podcast listeners you got dan kevin stevie p coming at you what's going on fellas what's going on fellas what's going on world what's up it's a it's a droopy monday for eagles fans <laughs> droopy monday for weather yeah. <laughs> eagles fans and a a lot of Carolina and fans. People get uh, knocked Christmas. out of the people get knocked big, out of their playoffs. Yeah, this the was definitely the week for upsets. Lost. Yeah, two biggest favorites lost yesterday. Bookies made a killing. Vegas yeah, made. Oh yeah, Vegas did very very well yesterday, and everybody that uh you know it was a it was a there's a lot of studs out there that people needed that just didn't show up this weekend, and we're you know we're gonna get into a little bit here and there. Yep. Uh, so yeah, we're going to get into our good and bad calls, you know, uh, talk about the waiver wire. Um, and you know, before, before we get into that, remember, uh, don't forget to check us out on the website, www.fourthandinchesff.com as www.the4thinchesff.com for a bunch of content. You got articles, blogs, player profiles, rankings, and you can subscribe to our VIP content. This will give you access to DFS info, give you access to DFS lineups, and it'll give you access to the DFS article, which we, you know, highlight, you know, key players that you could, uh, you know, use to win big money in your uh, fan daily fantasy league. So check those out. Also, look for us on the Fantasy Life app. We'll be doing start sick questions on there throughout the year. And if you're listening to the podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe button and give us a five-star rating. Also, if you're interested in doing a $2 FanDuel tournament with us, uh, the link to the tournament is in the podcast show notes. So just click on that link, take it to the tournament, you put your lineup in, and you get to test your knowledge against us in some daily fantasy. Uh, now we're going to get into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, so for those of you watching the Monday night game currently, uh, Chris Carson took a knee to the head from uh, his tight end, Jacob Hollister. Uh, he is back in the game, so no worries about that. Uh, sources say that the Patriots have already waived kicker Co- uh, Kai Forbath. Amari Cooper was full participant in practice on Monday. Uh, he had that MRI, and there was nothing you know shown that was, you know, no serious damage. So it looks like Amari Cooper will be good going forward. Coach Frank Reich is hopeful T.Y. Hilton will return this season. That's that's some relevant news. ESPN's Adam Schefter reports Chester Rogers is expected to miss the remainder of a of the 2019 season with a fractured knee. How do you fracture your knee? Like your knee, like one of the hardest bones in your body. (laughs) Oh, that just sounds painful. Yeah, just all all you all you Chester Rogers owners out there. Yeah. <laughs> Coach Kyle Shanahan said he's optimistic Matt Breda returns week 14. It sounded like he was going to turn week thir- return yesterday, and they just Wait, decided. The way most for a play, they didn't need him. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> Coach Zach Taylor said that wide receiver John Ross will be active for next week's game against the Browns. He'll return after that, that stint on the IR. Lions placed TJ Hawkinson on injured reserve, ending his season. Uh, Matthew Stafford is still week to week, according to Coach Matt Patricia. 
Doug Marone said Gardner Minshew will remain, will start for the rest of the 2014 season or 2019 season. Uh, Jamal Adams has an ankle sprain, says Adam Gase. They're going to do an MRI and that kind of stuff. Doesn't look like he'll be able to practice. They're taking it day to day. Browns coach Freddie Kitchens said Baker Mayfield should be fine for week 14 against the Bengals. Uh, Falcons coach Dan Quinn said Julio Jones' availability for week 14 is trending upward. Whatever that means. Coach <laughs> Chiefs coach Andy Reid says there's a good chance Darrell Williams doesn't play in week 14 against the Patriots. Start Shady McCoy. Everybody else is hurt. <coughs> Bears coach Matt Nagy said Taylor Gabriel remains in the league's concussion protocol. Randall Cobb, Michael Bennett, Antoine Woods, Leighton Van Der Esch, and Jeff Eath not at uh, practice for the open portion to media for the Cowboys. Uh, Bears defensive tackle Akeem Hicks resumed practicing Sunday. That's big news for the Bears defense and for Ezekiel Elliott owners for this weekend. Austin Hooper uh, is expected to resume practicing on Monday. So, uh, you know, Austin Hooper owners could get him back this week. Uh, and the rest looks like stats. I don't want to get into the stats. You guys know all the stats. Nope. That's it for the news. Anything you guys want to touch on? Nah, we're gonna rip into some of these some of these uh games today, so we'll we'll get into that. Alright. So let's start it off with our shining stars for the week. Uh Dan, you were the first one to put them in once again, Dan on fire. Uh, why don't you give me your shining stars? Shining stars for the week. Um, I know you guys are both going to talk about the Eagles. I really don't want to say anything about it, but <laughs> if you had if you had Carson Wentz in there, um, you had you were pretty happy with with that. I mean, I, we weren't happy with the turnout of the game, but uh, Carson Wentz had a good game. I mean, his only, I mean, he wasn't sharp on all his balls, but he, at the end of the day, it added up to you know a, a 300 yard day and three touchdowns. His pick was on the Hail Mary, which, you know, didn't hurt his, his fantasy output, but, um, you know, he, he was, he was above average yesterday, which, you know, I kind of expected going against the dolphins. Um, you know, they just, Eagles just needed that defense to make plays. And it was, it was, it was tough to watch. I don't know how many people actually paid attention outside of Philly, but it was tough to watch. Um, I also had uh girly. I really, he, these, those were two of the guys that I had on my high guys last week on Wednesday. Um, so I girly and you know, he was five yards shy of a hundred yards, but he still got in the end zone. Um, didn't do much in the receiving work. He only got uh, one catch for 20 yards, but in PPR, you know, that's an additional three. So, you know, he's getting you 17, 18 fantasy points, which, you know, pretty, pretty decent day for girly considering that he's been giving you, you know, anywhere between like eight and 12 for the first half, you know, three quarters of the season, but the last couple of weeks he's been turning it on. Not, you know, 25-point fantasy points, from, you know, that we have seen from Gurley the last two years, but uh, definitely a step in the right direction. And, you know, people that have Gurley that are in the playoffs, uh, you know, the the Rams definitely look like they're trying to turn it on now. Um, and they they worked him. You know, I, I didn't see Malcolm or Malcolm Brown or Henderson in there an awful lot. So, I mean, I, maybe this was their plan all along. Maybe they wanted to keep him fresh for the end of the year, but – you know, they really hurt themselves and shot themselves in the foot because they, you know, they're not really in a position to 
to, you know, help help their team because because of maybe putting them, you know, on the on the bench for a lot of this year. So, but it, overall, without blabbing too much, he did have a good day. Um, last was Adams. Um, Rogers was a machine. Adams was, you know, two touchdowns, an awesome, awesome day for him. Kind of the daisy we expect from Adams. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers can find, you know, he can make garbage into gold. So when he has his number one guy, it's 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 a very easy combination for them. And, it, you know, Adam should always when, when he's out there, he should always be a top five receiver. So that's my good guess. All right. So I'm going to get into my guys next. Um, it might take a little long, Steve, but uh, I'm going to start it off with my quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Uh, Deshaun lit the Cal- lit the Patriots up last night. Four or three passing touchdowns. Had the receiving touch the quote unquote receiving touchdown. <laughs> you know, it, to me it looked more like a rush, but whatever they call it, they call it. I mean, it probably definitely helped out. You know, DeAndre Hopkins owners uh, getting that passing touchdown because his night was you know fairly mediocre outside of that. It was like uh, six inches above the line. They like I think they reviewed it. They did originally call it a rushing touchdown, and then. You know, I I was online and everybody was freaking out. You know that the the D Hop owners are like, was that a pass? It looked like a pass. Blah blah blah. Yeah, so yeah. The Yahoo and ESPN had it scored as a rush for a for a while, and then they both must have changed it at the same time because people were like, oh, all right, now it's a now it's a pass. Now it's a pass. So they must have reviewed it and looked and saw that it was like six inches. I mean, it was it looked straight on the line, but I guess it was slightly above. Yeah. So, um, I just want to say this about about the Deshaun Watson thing. If you, you know, I, I saw a lot of fantasy life questions this week about Deshaun Watson, and it was like, oh, you know, I'm in a must win situation. I have Deshaun Watson or Sam Darnold. I have Deshaun Watson or Jameis Winston, Deshaun Watson or Nick Foles. If you're in a must win situation, I'm always going with my stud player, uh, mainly because. You drafted a quarterback in that fifth round. That's your fifth round quarterback. If you're not going to start him, like to me, you know, you're almost starting him. Period. If you're drafting one of those guys that's, you know, in the first five, six rounds, I don't think you take him out for matchup. You you got to leave him in there, and you know, you're you started Darnold. If you started Foles, you started Winston. Like they all had great matchups, but. Deshaun Watson's just a beast, and all those guys let you down. And, you know, it probably cost people playoffs, you know, sitting Deshaun Watson for some of those guys. Uh, I saw a ton of fantasy life questions, um, you know, with with that, you know, with Deshaun Watson. So I just wanted to say that. Uh, Number two, my running back was Miles Sanders. Now I'm going to go on my Eagles rant. All right. I have really pro- really big problems with this coaching staff bec- right now because, number one, they did not look ready. The Eagles did not look ready to play in this game at all. So the offense, Miami cannot stop the run. Cannot stop. 30, 31st. And Miles Sanders was ripping off. At, literally, at, he had 10 carries for 55 yards at, at one point in the second quarter. Like, give the dude the ball. Like, just hand him the ball. What, you're winning for 90% of the game. Why do you need to throw the ball 46 times with Carson Wentz? Why run only 19 times all game when you're going against the worst or second-worst rushing defense in the NFL? That is bad coaching. Bad coaching. Then you go from the defensive side of the ball. And I know I'm a little off topic, but I'm, I'm ranting because I'm pissed. 
<laughs> okay. You lose to the Miami Dolphins. This is how you get. Yeah. So I watched the game last night, and at one point during last night's game, they, they went on Bill Belichick, and they talked about how he, he you know, prepares for uh, each game, and he talked about the art of the book, The Art of War, and how it's, you know, finding – the other teams or the finding your enemy's weaknesses and making them your strengths and, you know, things of that nature from Jim Schwartz. How many times are you going to run a single high safety when your little cornerbacks are getting jumped over by Devontae Parker? Can we get a cover two at some point so that these, these safeties are, are get, that's all Ryan Fitzpatrick does. He did it all game last year against you when he played for the bucks and destroyed you. Didn't you learn your lesson then? He literally just throws the ball deep down the sideline because that's all he can do. If you take that away, you force him to make decisions, and he's not a good decision maker. It causes him to call, to throw turnovers, and that's why Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a superstar quarterback, quote-unquote. This is, this is a journeyman, and that's why, because all he is able to do is throw the ball deep downfield and allow his guys to make plays. If you sit there and run to cover two and take away those sidelines, they have nowhere else to go with the football. I don't understand. Like I am, I am watching this on TV, and I'm saying this the whole time. At what point are you going to change your philosophy to – Stop the opposing team instead of just saying, oh, well, this is the defense we run. Terrible. Jim Schwartz has got to go. All right. I'm done. And my receiver was Calvin Ridley. Um, obviously, Calvin Ridley had a big game on Thursday night. It was destined to happen without Julio or without Julio Jones in the lineup. So that's my, my you know, shining stars for the week. Yeah. So real quick, I don't mean to, to add on to this. But uh, the Eagles lost me some money yesterday, and I'm going to, I'm going to agree that, um, you know, Devontae Parker, it's not like Devontae Parker was running wide open all game long. Devontae Parker was literally just jumping over Jalen Mills over and over and over and over again. Like, literally both touchdowns were, like, up in the air. Well, no, it over. started on Darby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it started with Darby. That's true. But it, it literally was just jump balls. You know what I mean? Like, if you're losing to jump balls all game long, like, Kev's right. You have to figure that out. Like, if, if you're losing jump balls to a 6-3 wide receiver – almost the entire game like literally he was their passing game weapon you know what i mean like it was it was you know mike gasecki catches a garbage time touchdown at the end yeah well i guess not garbage time it's the it's the touchdown that put them ahead but you know he catches that last touchdown but even that was like a a, a high throw in the air he just jumped up and stole it out of the air like they were doing it all game long they were literally doing it the whole game and you, your cornerbacks are fi- are six one and five ten, and they got big targets. So therefore, you gotta put double coverage on these guys. You gotta double these guys. It just never happened, man. It's it's very frustrating if you were an Eagles fan because watching the defense the last two weeks and how they played, they looked, you know, back to form. You know, they shut down the Patriots and the Seahawks, two much better offenses than what we saw yesterday, and it's just frustrating. Yeah. All right, Steve, get into your uh, shining stars for the week. All right, so my shining stars of the week, I had Aaron Rodgers as my number four quarterback this week. Um, just, you know, I know he's had some terrible outings. He had a 
god awful outing against the 49ers but the 49ers defense is just that offensive that defensive line for the 49ers is just no joke that is the best defensive line in football it's not close and they showed it in that monday night game so you know a rod came our sunday night um a rod just you know came into this game decided you know we are going to throw this ball you know because they didn't even really attempt to, to do a whole lot of running in this game. They were literally just A-Rod was like, we're going to win this game. I'm going to throw touchdowns. And that's basically what he did. And, I mean, he looked good yesterday. Um, you know, like Dan said, you know, he toted, he toted uh, Devontae Adams. Adams this week because of, you know, we all thought that this was going to be an A-Rod week, and it was 100% an A-Rod week. So, um, that's crazy. Russell Wilson just threw a pick six. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so my second guy was Leonard Fournette. You know, Leonard Fournette, we talked about him last week. Uh, we knew that the Bucks matchup would be tough. But Leonard Fournette just basically showed you that no matter what, you have to start this guy, no matter how tough the matchup is. You know what I mean? They took the run away. They completely, you know, if you watch that game, they completely clogged up holes. They were – monstrous against the run game you know of the Jaguars and you know what Leonard Fournette still gets you 17 PPR fantasy points you know if you play in a decimal system fantasy point league he got you 18 so you know definitely a guy that you got to start every single week and you know it doesn't matter who the matchup is you know I mean that one week where he only had eight carries that was an aberration that it was a game that you know they just got away from the run you know they got Nick Foles back and decided that they were just gonna throw 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 and they ended up getting their ass spanked in that game. So, you know, since that game, Leonard Fournette has basically been touching the ball like a madman. So, you know, I don't see that coming to an end anytime soon. Uh, and my last guy was Allen Robinson. I had Allen Robinson as my number 13 uh, wide receiver. Allen Robinson, I told you guys, I mean, he is a high-end number two wide receiver for me rest of the season, no matter who the quarterback is and how bad they are. The dude, if, I'm telling you, if he had like A-Rod or, or you know, a quarterback that was, you know, any kind of competent, the dude would be a top 12 wide receiver. You know what I mean? Without a doubt. You know what I mean? If Honestly, and I know people are going to look at me like sideways when I say this, Josh Allen, if Josh Allen had Allen Robinson on the outside, this the Bills would be so much better. I, I, I really would love to see Buffalo try to trade for somebody like that because Allen Robinson is just a beast and, you know – I would love to have him on on Buffalo, or and I'm sure you guys would love to have him on the Eagles, and anybody would love to have him on their on their you know on their favorite football team because Allen Robinson plays the game the right way. You know, what I mean, the dude is tough. He catches balls in traffic. He gets smacked like we, he got smacked the other day. Held onto the ball, got back up, jumped out, act like nothing happened. You know, what I mean, the dude is tough, and I love Allen Robinson. You know, I just think I wish he had a better quarterback. I really wish he had a better quarterback. All right, so now we are going to get into our wrong call dumpster divers of the week. Yep, yep. I say they're wrong because they were wrong. And were they wrong? Are they wrong? I think they're wrong 100%. Sometimes they're wrong. They were wrong. Sometimes they're wrong. It's the New York Times. They're always wrong. Well, I would say my wife tells me I'm wrong all the time. All right, so I'm going to start it off the wrong calls of the week. At quarterback, I have Kyler Murray. 
Oh man, this was this was a whole team effort from the Cardinals. You know, you think coming off a bye week, they'd be a little bit more prepared for the Rams, and they just weren't. And Kyler go only 163 yards passing, gets has an interception, uh, only 28 yards rushing in the game. Uh, luckily for fantasy owners, he got a touchdown. If he doesn't get that touchdown, you're basically looking at what, you know, six fantasy points on the day. So. Yeah, this was this was a ter- uh, terrible game for Kyler Murray. Uh, at running back, my bad call was Aaron Jones. You know, Steve kind of talked about it. Just this seemed like one of these games where Aaron Rodgers was like, "Look, I haven't had one of these games in a while, and I gotta remind people of who I am." Um, and they really just, you know, Jones just, you know, a lot of times it seems like Jamal Williams is on the field. The, the splits that they're coming out with, and that you know. It's just crazy, you know, 11 for 18 for Aaron Jones, four catches for 13 yards. So if you got PPR, you know, he helped you out a little bit with the catches. But, uh, yeah, this was this was a terrible game for Aaron Jones and a great matchup. I had Jones at number two. So it showed you how high I was on him. Uh, and a wide receiver, Michael Thomas. You know, Michael Thomas, this was another one. It was a really good matchup. Uh, these, these Saints-Falcons matchups are usually high scoring, and this year they really weren't. You know, this year they both went, they hit the under on both games. So, you know, Michael Thomas, he's been the best receiver by far out of anyone in fantasy this year. But this game, he just, you know, you know, he, he, they took him out. The Falcons literally took him away in this game and said, look, Michael Thomas, you know, you're going to throw to him 15 times. You're not doing that here. You got to find some other targets, and everybody else was dropping passes. Jared Cook dropped a touchdown. Uh, Ted Ginn Jr. dropped a touchdown. So, you know, Thomas only gets you six for forty-eight, and you know, definitely lets you down. Yeah, Drew Brees should have a huge game. <laughs> yeah, man, what the hell is that? All right, Steve, uh, why don't you get in your bad calls? All right, so my bad calls of the week. Uh, I know y'all. I know Nick Foles. I know. I admit it. I was toting Nick Foles super crazy last week, telling you that we his, all did. We uh, all his matchups were so. Come on, dude. Tampa Bay, like really, Tampa Bay. <laughs> like, how do you, how do you turn the ball over three times basically before the the half ends? You know, on Tampa Bay, <laughs> like, like really, like. I don't even understand it. Like this dude went from winning a Super Bowl and being Super Bowl MVP to thur- turning the ball over three times against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, I don't, do you guys even remember the last time the Bucks got a, a, a pick? Because I don't. Uh, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> I know there there was a lot of pressure on Nick Foles in this game. Yeah. But you, but, but turnovers like that, man. I mean, uh, it was bad. It was yeah. bad. And I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, I mean that was just terrible. But you know, praise the day. Gardner Minshew is is here to save the day for real, because uh, their matchups are still good. The next, at least the next two matchups are really, really good. So Nick Foles, you know, gone. You know, Minshew magic back. Minshew, uh, uh, what's what's the beard? What were they giving him? Calling him the, the beard, mu- the stash, the mustache. The stash. There you go, the stash. You know Uncle I mean? Rico. I'm about to Uncle Rico. I'm about to grow out my my Uncle Rico real quick. All right, yeah, it was terrible. So my other bad call was Alvin Kamara. I had him as my number two running back on the week, and he was not that at all. 
like not no. even a little bit. He was really. He's really been bad. a bust. Yeah, he's been bad. Talked about it last week, and yeah, he's been a bust this year. You know, I mean, like he went from what did he have? Eighteen touchdowns last year. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Like that. Yeah. It's like eighteen touchdowns. So I think he has like what does he have now? It's it's like like three. I think he has three this year. It's yeah, crazy, definitely, man. definitely not a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. It's it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, and the funny thing is, like, Alvin Kamara is still getting like, he's still getting yards. He's still getting, you know, he's still getting. He only had eleven carries in this game, so he had sixty-one yards on eleven carries, which is that's good. You know what I mean? Like, you're getting over five a carry. That's that's great. But oh my god. Anyway, um. Yeah, like he 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 had a good, you know, a good running back numbers. You know what I mean? He has what four catches for twenty three yards. He's just not scoring, like yeah. at all. And if he's not going to score you touchdowns, that he's killing you. He's literally been one of the biggest busts in fantasy that no one is talking about. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think they are. I think people are starting to get on it now between him and Saquon Barkley. Like these are two of the top three draft picks, man, and they're both bad. Yeah. If you if you if you drafted Saquon or Alvin Kamara in your first, you know, in your first as your first round pick, you probably aren't in the playoffs. Like, let's be honest. Like, you had to have had a stellar draft the rest of the way to have made the playoffs with those guys because they just have been that bad. Yeah, and that's crazy surprising when you think about it. But my last guy is Chris Godwin. Um, Honestly. This was this was a game flow thing. Yeah, this was just weird. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You got Peyton Barber scoring two touchdowns and you know James didn't throw any. Dude, James didn't, didn't throw any. Didn't throw a Yo, touchdown. Hold on. But he didn't throw a pick either. He didn't throw Come a pick. On. No, give you're right. Some, give him some credit. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. He didn't throw a pick. I, I started like like Kev Kev said earlier that uh Deshaun Watson over over uh, Jameis Winston. I actually did that this week. I actually did start Jameis Winston over, over. Uh, you know. I noticed watching. that. I didn't want to call yeah, you Watson. out on it. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I called myself out on it. It was a bad yeah. call. I mean, but I looked at the matchups and I thought, you know, the Jaguars have been terrible for the past three weeks, giving yeah. up. You know I mean, like they made Ryan Tannehill look like the greatest quarterback in the NFL history. So Jameis Winston throwing 300 yards every single game and two or three touchdowns a game. I was like, yeah, this dude's a lock for 25 fantasy points. I'll just take the 25 fantasy points. And that did not happen like at all. You know what I mean? Like Chris Godwin, he doesn't completely kill you. He gets you nine, but – at the same breath, in this matchup, you thought Chris Godwin would get you at least 15, at least 15, 20 points. That's what I was banking on. I'm thinking, you know, Chris Godwin was my number two because I thought his floor was, you know, 15 to 18 fantasy points. So yeah, I had he, had, as- he had good projections. Yeah. yeah I think, I mean, in, in, in our league, you know, one-point PPR, um, I think he was in the 18 range for projections. So I was, I was, I was very disappointed with his, like, eight- or nine-point performance. Yeah, it was just it's unbelievable. You're like, wow, like I didn't expect that at all from this game. The way that game went, like just just the game, it was game flow. Yeah, it was just a game the game flow, flow was just crazy. It was it really was twenty two to nothing at one point. I know. You know? <laughs> the Vegas line. It was funny because I was watching the line yesterday because you know I don't normally get I don't normally bet, uh, you know, games and parlays and everything. But yesterday I had a, I had one of those. You know, I'm gonna bet this. Yeah, so I, I actually had I had, I, had, I had the itch on I had the itch on Thursday and I, you know, it was it was probably only the second time all season that I had the itch because, you know, back 
you you always ask me about the Lions, even I still keep yeah. up with them. But you know, a few years before I had the little ones, you know, I was a I was a I'm not gonna say heavy, but I was a moderate better because I, I got the rush out of it and I did well with it because I I game planned and you know it just like fantasy betting is seventy five percent luck, twenty five percent strategy. But the more that you can, the more that you can look into. I mean, you got to know like what that coach had for breakfast in that morning. You got to know what those guys, what what what, what cleats they got on. I mean, the the, the more <laughs> facts you have, the better edge you're going to give yourself to to swing that into you know a fifty instead of sixty percent for the house. You know, try to get it like 60 percent in your favor. Because if you can hit sixty percent on betting every week, you're going to be make yourself a lot of money. But you know, because of the little kids and and you know business and stuff, I haven't had the time to prep. So I just kind of like, you know, after. I think it was the beginning of last season when I I, I kind of like started to see it slip. I, I thought I could just, I thought I could just kind of ride it out on be like, oh, I've been doing this for so long. It doesn't work that way. No. You need to stay in <laughs> yeah, it. You got to be up and on so it. The minute the minute your confidence gets too high, it'll gonna eat you alive. So I just was like, I'm hanging it up. But yeah, I got the itch on Thursday and I did okay. I think I hit a couple this week, so didn't lose money. Yeah, that two that two game parlay pissed me off, but but. <laughs> the one thing was it was just I don't know it it was a crazy week you know what I mean it really was just a crazy week you know the Eagles are they were ten point favorites how do you lose this oh it was dude. Carolina oh Carol- yeah Car- well Carolina dude Carolina was a bad bet because Carolina sucks Christian McCaffrey <laughs> like bad. McCaffrey this was this was like his worst game in a year I know and that's why I didn't think that's why I was like oh my god this literally if you shut down Christian McCaffrey they suck. Yeah, because the first two touchdowns were like Curtis Samuel, back of the end zone, on a blown coverage, boom, you get that. But then the other touchdown was DJ Moore, great throw, he gets that. After that, he was terrible. He was throwing, he was airmailing everything. He was throwing balls in the dirt. He Literally, if he doesn't score that rushing touchdown at the end of the game, he was flat-out garbage. And the ending of that game, if you looked at the score, you probably thought that that game was close. That game was not close. That yeah. game was not close. The, the Redskins smashed the, the, the Panthers yesterday. It was the not a close was, game. They, almost, they, were, they were literally a yard away and a two-point conversion from tying that game up. Dude. It's cr- unbelievable. I, I, I Africa couldn't get in. No, he just couldn't get in. And you know what? Christian McCaffrey, for as good as he is, I am surprised that more teams have not completely dedicated their entire game plan to taking him away. Like, there has been so many Christian McCaffrey games this year where we just watched Christian McCaffrey catch six, seven, eight, nine balls. Like, just literally designate someone to watch him out of the backfield. Take your safety. I don't give a damn who it is. Your fastest player and put him on McCaffrey and don't let him catch those little stupid dump offs where he takes them 20, 30 yards down the field. And the the, pa- the Panthers might not have a win this year because this dude is garbage. Allen is just not good. I kept hearing people asking me, oh, do you think, do you think Kyle Allen should start over Cam Newton? Hell no. If if Cam Newton is healthy, Cam Newton should be the starting quarterback. He's not going to be because, you know what I mean, they're probably going to trade him and get something for him next year because yeah. he's still under contract. And, you know, they're probably looking at, you know, we need to do something different. Cam's going to Chicago. Yeah, Cam probably going to Chicago. We, it, we that That's almost a – if Cam goes to Chicago, I would be so happy because then Allen Robinson would actually <laughs> have a quarterback. I would be very, very happy about that because I, let's be honest here. If you watched Cam last year, right – he was great. Cam played very well last year up until that shoulder injury. If it wasn't for the shoulder injury, Cam, Cam Newton would have been 
awesome. You know what I mean? He was playing. If you remember, that team was like seven and three before he hurt his shoulder against the Pittsburgh Steelers in that game. You know what I mean? And then they just lost every game after that. So, you know, it, it is what it is. But, you know, stop Christian McCaffrey and you basically beat the Panthers. That's that's basically the, the game plan, and that's what it should be every week. Yep. All right, Dan, let's get into your wrong calls of the week. All right. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to put myself fully to blame. Some of these guys had really bad matchups, and they just didn't come through. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. Oh. They, they they gave oh, the we're Bengals. We're all gonna their, have to talk about this one. This is this just. They gave me the off. Bengals their first win. Um, they were bad. I mean, we were high on Bell. We were super high on Darnold, and they put up six points against the Bengals. Um, Le'Veon did. I mean, oh, he had a few catches, but you know, 60, 70 total yards of offense. He did nothing. I had him really. We all had him really high. Uh, Kev, which Steve was probably a little bit lower, but me and Kev had him really high, um, as expected. You know, we had a great matchup, and he's a you know he's a target machine. We figured that this was just going to be a really good day for, for the Jets, and it wasn't. So it was just it was one of, it was another one of those one of those uh, games you just didn't see coming. There was a lot of them this weekend. Um, Hold on, before we continue, Le'Veon Bell. So I think I had him high as you guys did. I'm pretty sure I had him at like four. The, 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 my issue I think he was with, talking about Darnold, though, when he oh, said Darnold, that. Oh, Darnold, okay. But with Le'Veon Bell, that offensive line is horrible. horrible. They are so bad. Like, he literally – I was saying – who was it that we were talking about earlier in the season that their offensive line was playing completely – oh, the, the, the Bengals. The Bengals' offensive line and Joe Mixon couldn't do anything. He was getting hit in the backfield every game. They have officially started – turning that around the Bengals have actually moved the pile just a little bit <laughs> and and the the Jets have gone the complete opposite way they've gotten worse from the beginning of the year like normally this at this time of the season guys start getting better the, not this year the Jets have gotten worse like consistently worse at running the ball from the beginning of the season till now like they are terrible at running the ball like Le'Veon Bell if he is a Jet next year and this offensive line doesn't improve, I will not be taking any Le'Veon Bell. Like in any, like literally, he would have to drop into like the fourth or fifth round for me to even consider him. If this offensive line doesn't change, yeah, it's it's tough to watch. You know, it's just it's the Jets that we expected, but you know, with the schedule that this, you know, Sam Darnold kind of coming on over the last few games and them having a really really favorable schedule. Uh, these are the guys that you th- would, you know, expect to do well, and they haven't been. Well, this week they haven't. Uh, at wide receiver, uh, somebody I talked about last week, I thought that I was super high on was um, was Hill, and Tyreek put up five for fifty-five. Um, <laughs> and Kansas City still blew out the uh, the Raiders. I mean, in part two, it's tough to see Kansas City put up forty points and. Patrick Mahomes didn't need to do really much of anything. He threw for 175, a touchdown. He did run for one. He had a nice run there, but they had three rushing touchdowns and they had a pick six from, you know, Derek Carr. Um, so, I mean, that's really why none of the receiver, I mean, when you have 175 yards, none of the receivers are going to have a big day and none of them did. Um, but yeah, I thought for sure, you know, this, this, this uh, Raiders team is, you know, they, they let up huge plays. And I thought that, you know, the biggest, the biggest play team in the league was going to was going to really tear them apart, and um, you know, game flow. Same thing with Tampa Bay that we said game flow didn't work out that way. They didn't need to. They they torched them on the ground, and 
and you know controlled the controlled the time of possession. So Tyreek only you know only had to have a little tiny output for them to get the big win. Third, um, Olsen, three for twenty-two. I really wanted Olsen to have a good game because you know I was just I was really trying to pull something out to help somebody with the tight end because tight ends are poopy, and you know it's I mean you it's it is what it is. It's you have a handful of guys take that handful of guys. And that's what it is. Uh, you, there's nobody really else out there that's making any kind of splash. Uh, I mean, you mentioned that Hawkinson is now on injured reserve for the rest of the year. He's he was a guy I loved, you know, in college last year, and he had a terrible. If anybody was going to really be a, a sure thing, I thought I thought it was going to be Hawkinson, and he had a terrible season. So we have to sit down and reevaluate the tight end situation for fantasy football as as a whole, everybody, because. It was a it was a bad year for tight ends. I mean, the good you know we had some good come out of it. We saw Andrews, we saw Waller, so a couple new names. Um, but yeah, I mean OJ Howard, terrible. Um, Kelsey, pretty pretty consistent, but I mean nowhere close to his Kelsey numbers. Um, you know, there's really there's even uh, uh, Kittle was hurt for a while. I mean he didn't he's not going to be anywhere close to his numbers. Just tight end this year he was not winning any you know. Kittle was helping people win fantasy last year, and nobody at tight end was helping anybody this year win fantasy. Yeah, Tennessee. Yep. The tight end position this year has been. And last year, we all know there was literally a record-breaking year by two different two tight guys. ends. You know, three yeah, different, two guys. Well, three different. Yeah, three different guys were were literally it last year. Yeah, Hurts, Kelsey, and Kittle. Kittle. Yeah, and they were just amazing. So, you know, we kind of all suspected there would be a little bit of a drop-off you know i mean we i don't think anybody expected those guys to do what they did last year but we didn't expect you know what we've gotten this year the tight end has literally been if your guy scores a touchdown you're like insanely happy when jack doyle is like the number two tight end on the week (laughs) i mean it's it's been rough yep although i call i jack doyle yeah you we, we, we we spoke of him Yes, we did. I was I, I like Jack Doyle this week, uh, and going forward. If they're gonna the throw way, we'll the ball the back. way they did, you watch that game at all, dude? I'm not kidding you. He had four targets in the end zone, not the red zone, in yeah. the end zone. Yes, he did. It was insane. All right, so now we're going to get into our wire tapped the waiver wire. Uh, started off. Uh, let me make sure there's no quarterbacks on here. I didn't see any on this list. I don't think anybody. Oh, they did up. have Ryan Fitzpatrick on there, but I don't think none of us are picking up Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> anytime no. soon. No, 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 no. Yeah. All right, so let's go to running back. Benny Snell is still only 16.8% owned. Uh, as long as James Conner's out, you this guy needs to be on rosters. And if you own James Conner, you have to go get him. Like, he's a must. I don't even know how these guys are 16.8% owned. We said it last week. He has to be owned. Yep. Uh, Raheem Mostert, uh, 14.1% owned. I don't know how much work Raheem Mostert is going to get going forward with Matt Breda coming back. Uh, you know, and to me, this running back situation with the Niners is way too hard to figure out. It's a crowd of backfield. Yeah, Tevin Coleman looked like he was good for a while, and now Tevin Coleman is pretty much, you know, shut down. Like, you know, he's had like two or three bad games in a row. So, 
you know, I, this is kind of turning into a Patriots situation here where you're not going to know who to start and you're, you know, one guy might go off and, you know, you started the other guy and you're just pissed off. But, yeah, to me, you know, Raheem Mostert, I mean, if if I had Coleman or Breda, maybe I would pick up Mostert just a security option. But it's just so hard to know when you're going to start these guys. Uh, any other running backs? Patrick Laird. No, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> Ten for five. Come on now. Hell no. Yeah, he just he caught the he got a few catches, it seemed like, in the game. Yeah. But I, I don't want I don't know, four for forty three catching, but no. Yeah. Um honestly Jordan Wilkins is five point five percent owned. He got eleven carries for forty seven. Yeah, I think Marlon Mack is is aiming to come back next week. Uh so you know that's something to pay attention to. If Marlon Mack is still out, Jordan Wilkins needs to be owned because he took Jonathan Williams, you know, job yesterday. Jonathan Williams had, you know, two good weeks, you know, started off bad, and they said, all right, get on the pine. <laughs> yeah, for real. It was weird. It was really yeah. weird. Yeah. Uh, it's not like, you know, because I, I watched that game. I didn't see him, like, do anything wrong. I mean, he just, you know, he had a couple of runs. For 13, it was like eight for 13 to start the game, and yeah. they were like, yeah, you can, you know, have a seat. <laughs> for real. Has, have, we, have we had any running back? I mean, there's always a handful of them that come and just straight out steal the starting job. I no. mean, what running backs, what running backs can you think of this year have come and taken the starting job? Cause I really, besides spells when guys get hurt, like, I mean, obviously Connor's hurt right now. So Benny Snell's is, you know, he's, he's going to get the the work and Scarborough's getting the work cause carry on's out. But is there any Scarborough guys will be the one Scarborough will be the one that's yeah, taken. Scarborough the is really the only one that's I can think of like, you know, Ty Johnson was supposed to be the guy and he came in and yeah, but it's when carry on gets back, it's Scarborough, the guy. No, no, they, no, that's no. what I'm oh, saying. I'm, definitely that's, be a that's where I'm getting to. Like, yeah, any, use, has, they're going to use any, him. They're going to use him more as a committee. Like yes, carry on's yeah. not going to be there. No. The go-to guy next year. No, no honestly, they're going to like, really, if you look at the teams, like you're saying, you know, okay, the guys that are going to take over, there's not really anybody that's going to take over, but there are going to be teams that like, you know, like, David Johnson is going to go somewhere and be the starter. He's next going year. somewhere. Yeah. Melvin Gordon will be, yeah, m- yeah, could I mean, be in a different, I, you know, I, I'm, le- I'm actually leading towards Melvin Gordon being back in San Diego because, you know, it's not like fame, he's, dude. yeah. I mean, I think Patrick, I think Phillip Rivers is going to be gone after yeah, this year. He's done. So I think they'll draft a rookie and be able to afford Gordon. Um, hopefully Le'Veon Bell gets traded. We just talked about him. Hopefully he goes somewhere else. But, you know, the running back scene could look totally different next year. Yeah. Uh, Darwin Thompson. You guys want anything to do with Darwin Thompson with Damian Williams and Darrell Williams likely out? Obviously, Shady will be more of the go-to guy, but Darwin Thompson will probably be in our passing downs. Yeah, honestly, yeah, I, would, I would be interested in Darwin Thompson if they were not playing the New England Patriots this week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I would definitely be like, all right, let's, let's see what he's got. But against the Patriots, I'm just – you know, I'm not going to – I think that's going to be, you know, Patrick Mahomes versus, you know, Tom Brady shootout throwing the ball. You know what I mean? I, I, I really don't think that they, they, they go in there with Shady McCoy and, and Darwin Thompson and go, we're going to run this ball down your throat. Uh, you know what I mean? All right. So I do want to bring up the handcuffs going into the playoffs. Obviously, if you have Dalvin Cook, you should have Alexander Madison. If you have Ezekiel Elliott, you should have Tony Pollard. If you have Saquon Barkley, you should have Wayne Gallman. And if you have Leonard Fournette, you should have Raquel Armstead. Yep. Definitely. All those guys. How do you guys, real quick, how do you feel about Peyton Barber after yesterday's game with the two touchdowns? Do you think he's anybody that needs to be owned? 
I don't know, man. It's just weird that, that like Ronald Jones was was the guy, and then he gets six for thirteen, and then last week he blows up, and then this week it's Peyton Barber. Like Bruce Arians said, he's going to ride the hot hand, and he literally does the <laughs> opposite of riding the hot hand. It's it. Yeah, if you if you watch the if you watch this the after the game press conference, Bruce Arians said the reason that uh you know Jones basically wasn't in the game after because if you remember if you watched he didn't play another snap after like the second quarter he missed a blitz pickup right Uh, okay he said he missed a blitz pickup and was benched for it oh really that's what he said (laughs) so you let peyton barber run 17 times for 44 yards and luckily he gets in the end zone twice you know what i mean and that was you know i mean the better play like i don't i just don't get it here's a good one how would how would Le'Veon Bell look on Tampa Bay next year? Oh, that would be stupid. Oh my God! If that he, true, my God! If you, if that happens, you already got you guys already know Le'Veon Bell is on my team as a keeper. <laughs> <laughs> and oh my God! Yeah, that would be stupid. I remember David Johnson days on on Arizona. Yep. All right, so let's get into the receivers now. Zach Pascal. 10 targets yesterday, 7 for 109. I think he's a guy with T.Y. Hilton potentially hitting IR. He's a guy that needs to be owned. Uh, Anthony Miller, we saw him on Thursday night. He went off, um, obviously, with Taylor Gabriel out. If Taylor Gabriel is going to be out, this is Anthony Miller should probably be on a roster. Uh, you know, Trubisky was definitely looking for him. Yeah. Uh, Russell Gage, uh, I'm not as high on Russell Gage now with – Cooper and Julio possibly coming back. I think uh, Gage kind of, you know, drops off probably into that Muhammad Sanu role. And Muhammad Sanu was never like a guy you would ever feel comfortable starting. Uh, if you guys feel any different, feel free to. No, no, but there's there's one guy I'll, I'll talk about. And if it wasn't uh, for the record, if it wasn't for the that? record, I think that it would be somebody that you would have to consider for coach of the year. And that's Frank Reich. I mean, this guy is, I mean, Pascal, hundred yards. I mean, he's 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 taking whatever he has available to him and making this team competitive week in and week out and win and winning games too. I mean, he's his 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 franchise quarterback retires, Dude. you know, weeks before. Ty's been in and out the whole year. Marlon's been down most of you know a, a good portion of this last half of the year, and he's Frank Reich is just a really, and I I said it you know maybe. 10 weeks ago that perhaps the reason that, you know, that the Eagles went on that Super Bowl run wasn't so much of Doug Peterson. And it was more Frank, right? Cause he was the play caller for that team. And we had, they were doing all kinds. I mean, it was the same thing when we had that Super Bowl run, we were making things happen with a, with a cast that wasn't anything spectacular. It was just the right guys in the right places. And, you know, I, I just think Frank Reich's a really good coach. Yep. Dude. If Pittsburgh gets to the playoffs, Mike Tomlin needs to be the coach of the year. Well, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's another Pittsburgh one too. That makes uh, he's it doing it playoffs. He needs he, they dude. They got dude. Devlin Hodges as their quarterback. <laughs> Juju, <laughs> Juju, I know he's hurt now. Juju has had uh, he's he's like a, a wide receiver seven. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's crazy. It, it is literally there has been some coaching this year that has been very impressive considering the. Yeah, considering the situations, it really has. All right, Cole Beasley. 
Uh, we saw Cole the other day in that revenge game. Uh, we talked about him last week, obviously. You know, he this is this is three or four pretty good weeks for Cole Beasley, especially in PPR. I think he's a guy that needs to be on rosters in PPR leagues because, you know, I think he's starting to turn into, you know, a guy that Josh Allen can rely on. And, you know, oh, as the season's gone on, you know, it seems like it's gotten, you know, a little bit more chemistry there. And, you know, he's starting to produce. Yeah, Cole Beasley's worst game of the year was 5.1 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Every other game, I mean, his second lowest game was 7.8. And his highest game was this past week with 23 points. The dude is literally like, if you average out his points, he's basically double-digit points every single week. So Yeah, he's basically around 12 to 13 every week, especially over the last, I think, four weeks he's been in double digits. So. Yeah, like, so if you are starting a guy like A.J. Brown who could get you a one for four – and Terry, Terry McLaurin, <laughs> Terry McLaurin, you know what I mean? If Christian start, Kirk. Exactly. If you're starting those guys that, you know, are literally just, you know, boom or bust, I would yeah. rather have the guy that's going to get me 10, you know, especially in the playoffs, like in the playoffs, every point matters so much more. You know what I mean? Like there's been so many playoff matchups that I play that I lose by point two. And had I just gone with the safe guy, I would have won. You know what I mean? Like in the playoffs, Go with your studs, and in your flex spots, if you have a guy that's you know safe getting 10 points every week, just play that dude because the guy that you're going, I mean, with the upside is might get you a zero. You know what I mean? Like Christian Kirk is a perfect example. You know what yes. I mean? He just he had that three-touchdown game, and he's also capable of a one-for-five game. You know what I mean? Like he is 100% capable of that. Yeah, not to mention, you know, Beasley's now on a team that is – going to make a major playoff push they're you know they're probably going to be a wild you know wild card josh allen's a top five quarterback right now in fantasy so um you know you want to own guys like that that are still relevant in their you know in their in their teams and in the in the playoffs you know a lot of these guys that are that are as we're getting towards the end of the year you know guys like saquon and stuff where the teams are are out of it they might not have as much to play for whereas you know cole's going to be out there busting his towel because buffalo is it's it's competitive right now in Buffalo's, you know, not only trying to make the wild card, but, you know, maybe try to, dare I say it, knock off the Patriots. Yeah, you know it's funny. Like when you when you consider guys like okay, it's just for an example, D.D. Westbrook. Like we get D.D. How many D.D. Westbrook questions do we get every single week, guys? All like all he's the another time. one. It's just like consistently double digit. Like Cole Beasley, he's yeah. like consistently double digits. Yep, like these guys are just. You know what I mean? Like, if they're playing, they are basically going to get you, you know, anywhere seven from to yep, 7 to 15 points is basically what they're going to get you. You know what I mean? And these are the kind of guys that people are like, oh, I have D.D. Westbrook on my bench. Should I play him? Like, you're asking me if you should play D.D. Westbrook or Christian Kirk? Take the points. Play D.D. Yeah. Play Westbrook. Yep. All right. So this next one should just embarrass fantasy owners that he is not owned in more than 50% of leagues. Debo Samuel has been a beast over the last month. He's of the season. not owned like in 50% of leagues. 43.9% of ESPN leagues. That's embarrassing. That is embarrassing. Like, that's, that's an embarrassment to the fantasy community right yeah, there. Yeah, that is embarrassing. Like, this dude's been a monster the last four weeks. I don't even know how he's, 
he needs to be owned on in every league, no matter what format. Like he's outscoring Emmanuel Sanders, and Emmanuel Sanders is probably owned in a hundred percent of leagues, yeah. and he's he's outscored Emmanuel Sanders every week for the last four weeks on his team. Yep. The guy on his team, uh, Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton is another guy. Uh, how do you feel about Darius Slayton? I'll tell you what, every time I say don't pick up Darius Slayton because of whatever reason, he ends up having a good game. Like I, another guy, man, double just, digit points. It seems like just about every week, week PPR. Yeah. It's just, I, you know, I'm tired. I'm done with the whole don't, don't, don't pick up, you know, even with Sterling Shepard out there, he's still producing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We, we thought with Sterling Shepard being out there and I know, I know there was Gold, Golden Tate was out this week, right? Yeah. I mean, I know, there was uh, yeah. No, yeah, I know there was no Golden Tate this week, but. Or Evan Ingram. Yeah, or Evan Ingram. So, I mean, you can say that, but he obviously, it's obvious that he has a rapport with Jones. You know what I mean? Like, Jones is out there throwing him the ball. Like, he's looking for him. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, he's looking for him, or he's looking for the check down, or he's looking for Sterling Shepard. Like, that's what the game was this weekend. You know what I mean? Like he, and he don't ever look for Saquon Barkley. <laughs> no, he, like he is definitely not a a, a check down Charlie. Uh, He's not a dump it to the running back. Guy. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. So yeah, I I would pick up Darius Slayton if you you know if you're hurting it at wide receiver and you know you need a guy that's going to get you some consistent points. He seems to be getting you consistent points every single week. All right, this next guy needs to be in every league, uh, especially this week, and that's James Washington. Uh, you're watching James Washington go off every week, and next week they got the Cardinals. So he, he's literally going to be a guy in my starting lineup in our playoff league uh, just based on you know the matchup and how good he's been performing as of late. Uh, I think, you know, I think he needs to be on everybody's team, you know, especially as long as Juju's going to be out. And, you know, if I'm honest, like, you know, it's actually crazy. Like, I'm sitting here, like, I think about the Steelers and I'm just like, man, this team's terrible. Like, Juju's might as well just sit out the seat. Like, they're in the playoffs right now. It's it's like crazy. That 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 last spot in AFC is bad. Like, they're going to get crushed come playoff time. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It really is crazy. But... All right. It is what it is. We've been talking about this guy. We've been saying no, but I think we have to change our minds. Robbie Anderson for his third week in a row has, or yeah, third week in a row has actually been pretty good. Well, the the two weeks ago or three weeks ago, he, he only had one catch for six yards, but he got into the end zone. But last week was four for 86. This week it's seven for 101. You know, he scored last week as well. So it looks like, you know, Teams might be trying to take away Jamison Crowder, knowing that that's the Adam Gase, you know, way of life. And there ain't no other target to throw to besides Robbie Anderson now. So I've been playing Robbie in, in daily because he's cheap and he's and he's he's doing well because that price tag for him has been really cheap. And he has, you're right. He's been um, he's definitely been consistently better. Yeah, I still can't do it. <laughs> I know he's been better, but you know, what I mean, it's just I don't know. I, I just. I don't know what it is. I cannot start after. I think it was because we toted him after we told everybody the first seven weeks is going to be terrible, terrible, yeah. terrible. And then after week seven, he was going to start becoming better and, and play good. And then those four weeks I toted him like, yeah, you got to start him. You got to start him. You got to start him. After week 11, I was just like, yeah, I'm done. Can't start him before. <laughs> yeah. Can't start him before. One for six and a touchdown. I don't even care. I'm done. I'm, I'm good. completely yeah, I'm good done with him. him. I don't want anything to do with him. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just in that mindset still, but 
You got um, any other wide receivers, uh, Steve? Uh, yeah, we didn't. No, nah, nothing. That we, Alan Lazard is the only other one that I that I yeah. wanted. To, you know, what I mean, he has looked I very think he good. Should, you know, yeah, I think he should be owned as well. Um, you know, he he's now he's taken he's taken that job away from from MVS. Yeah, he has. He's, like, he's MVS is too. not even on the field anymore. Yeah, and, and he's he's on the field in two wide receiver sets too. Geronimo Allison isn't yeah. even on the field with him. You know what I mean? When it's, both when of it's, those guys stink. Yeah, they're bad. They were guys that were like toted up to be like you know potential potentially good targets going into the season. Probably only because Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback because yeah. they stink. Yeah, they're bad. Well, when 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 Adams went down. The truth came out because you know we we needed to see you know Rogers throw to somebody and he loved Lazard. I mean he found him all the time and that's what pretty much he just got open way back. I, I just when you watch those Packers, MVS and Allison do not get open. No, they just not at all. They, no, don't they don't get open. Yeah, no, not at all. And and Alan Lazard, if you want, I didn't realize how big Alan Lazard was until yesterday. Like, did you? He looks he looked so much bigger than than uh uh. What the hell is his name? The dude, the the corner for the for the Giants, um, Jenkins. Yes, Jenkins. He looked so much bigger than Jenkins yesterday on that touchdown catch. I was like, damn, he's like much bigger than him. I don't even know how big Alan Lazard is, but he looked huge on that play. I'm about to find out. I'm gonna. You guys go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up how tall Alan Lazard is because he looked freaking humongous on that cat on that touchdown catch. All right, well, we only have two more players to go over, get into the tight ends. It's Jack Doyle, who needs to be owned in every league at this point. You know, he this is this is a system that runs through the tight end. You know, Frank Reich has always been a two tight end guy and, you know, throws to the tight end. We saw Doyle get you know a ton of love this week and it's going to continue. Eric Ebron's on the IR. You know, T.Y. Hilton could be on the IR. You know, this is a team that's going to go through Jack Doyle as long as he's out there. And the other one is Mike Kosicki, who I'm not I would not be adding. I just think that was a, a one week, you know, one week, uh, you know, one week high. Yeah, Alan Lazard, six foot five, two hundred and twenty-seven pounds. Damn, I did not know that he was that big either. Yeah, I'm telling you, when he caught that touchdown, I was like, "Damn, this dude is humongous! Like, he looks yeah. so much bigger than Jenkins." And I know Jenkins is only like like five five ten, five eleven. Yeah, he's like five ten. I yeah, think, he's yeah. like five ten, five eleven. And I was like, "Damn, he looks huge compared to Jenkins." And he's six foot five, two twenty-seven. <laughs> That's a big boy. Yeah, kind of like Devontae Parker and uh, Ronald Darby, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> huge throw it up to him yeah all right so that is the end of the night's podcast remember don't forget to check out the website www.fourthandinchesff.com as www.the4thinchesff.com for a bunch of content you got articles blogs player profiles rankings and you can subscribe to our vip content and until next time peace out guys peace. Later.